Um, I've been on submarine with Vince. I've been on um, warships with Vince, and, and we've we've had so many like I've seen them sleep. You know what I'm saying? Like. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Out of Character. I'm Ryan Satin, and this week we are joined by a two-time United States champion. And I think I've got this right, 53-time 24-7 champion. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, R-Truth. Truth, thank you so much for doing this today. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you, Ryan. Did I get that yeah, right? It's 53, right? That's too, dog. 53, that's right, right? 53 carry to one. Okay. <laughs> Noted. You know? Noted. Yeah, but it's 53. You, you're spot on. You know what I'm saying? But, Ryan, we got a, we got a situation, dog. Okay. Dana Brooks is the 24-7 champion right now. This is true. So, I don't know. I'm going to have to read the rule books. You know what I'm saying? From A to Z, Ryan. From the ruler down to the tutor. I got to find out. If it's PG for me to get my baby back from Dana, or do I got to come up with some more trickery? I think you know what I'm saying? I think you have to come up with some trickery because if I, I'm just thinking of the past here of when another female won the 24-7 title, and I think the only way to beat that, the only way it's PG is if an elderly person who is a man, I think an elderly man is allowed to try and go against a woman. So you have to find an elderly person who can be on your side that will then, you know, pull a finger poke of doom with you afterwards. You know that little phone emoji like this? <laughs> yes. I got a plan now. Thank you, Ryan. You're welcome. I got a good plan. I'm always thinking. All right, well, I want to ask you the same question I usually start off every episode with, and that's how much of your real true self is there in the character that you play on TV? Oh, my goodness, man. At least 97%. Is you? It's um, it's amazing, man, that I get to be myself almost to the line of completely. You know what I'm saying? And people enjoy it. They accept it. They um, it radiates to people, man. It just it just resonates. It just I think that's my attachment with people. That's my connection I have with them. They relate to me. A lot of people relate to the real me. Yeah, I think a lot of people relate to you. I think that that's evident in uh, your TikTok following. I think that, you know, you have a huge following there and it's not even necessarily wrestling fans, it's just people that relate to you, it seems like. People that like to be normal, normal people, man. People that think normal, people that think crazy, people think outside the box, people think inside the box, but have an outside mentality. You feel what I'm saying? I don't know if that makes sense. But Absolutely. We know where each other's coming from because we've been where each other's at. You feel me? Absolutely. And I think that that's why TikTok is so good of a social media app because it, it connects like-minded people rather than people who disagree and are always arguing on some social media apps. I feel like TikTok does a good job yes. of bringing like-minded people together. Yes, man. And it's amazing. I'll go live on TikTok sometime, Ryan. First time I went live last week, there's this new thing that's called Battle Match. And you have two people that goes live. Neither one know each other. I've had so many people that come on live with me to battle match. They know what it was, but they didn't even know I was our truth. They didn't know I wrestled. They didn't know I rap. I did music. They know nothing about me. And the audience is scoring this. They're scoring. We were getting points. We're getting gifts, all kinds of stuff until we reach a certain amount. And I've turned so many people into wrestling fans. I've turned so many people into rapping fans to where my favorite wrestler is my favorite rapper. And that's something new that TikTok has just started that's like, it's blowing TikTok away. Yeah, I haven't heard of that thing yet. That's, I haven't watched one of those. I, I've yes. watched those lives before, but I haven't, I haven't seen those. Yes, man. TikTok has, it has so many different features on there, so many things that you can do that, and it, it got real big during the pandemic because that's all you could do was, you know what I'm saying, get on your phone and, and come up with, be creative. Like, almost like people say, oh, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. No, we got to learn how to maneuver through the dark. We got to learn how to adapt, adjust, and just, you know what I'm saying, TikTok kind of gave us that outlet. Yeah, and it's still doing it, giving you the outlet. Absolutely. I felt the exact same way. I was telling someone who works here at Fox with me, uh, who works in the social media department, I, I was saying to him that, 
I feel like with uh, the difference between the reason TikTok blew up during the pandemic uh, rather than Instagram is because Instagram is all about uh, showing off that you're going out of the house. You're influencing people. You're leaving the house. You're showing off that you're doing this and you're, you're cool and you're influencing. You're eating at this nice restaurant. But in the pandemic, none of that was happening. So nobody was able to flex on Instagram. But TikTok really does you know, it doesn't make you want to just do something in your living room, like just looking at your phone, some dumb random lip sync and it, and it blew up because you could just do it sitting on your couch. You know what you said, Ryan, that made that, that the keywords you said was flex and just showing off, right? Just, and, but TikTok gave you a chance to express. You didn't have to be a certain place or, or go a certain place to, to flex on somebody to show off or whatever. TikTok, like you said, you can do it right in your living room. You can do it in your kitchen. You in your bedroom. I did TikToks in the bathroom. They got millions of views. It just gave you a chance to express yourself. And it's it's, may, it's merely just being entertaining, creative, and just being yourself on there. Yeah, my example to the guy who worked here, I, that's exactly what I said. I said on Instagram, you can never post a video from within your bathroom, but TikTok, you can post a video in your bathroom and get millions of views. And that's so funny that you said that. Yes. That's exactly what happens. Man, I posted videos of my feet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Not the one with the, not, not the foot with the bunion on it. You know what I'm saying? But just my feet, man. And Ryan, they was ashy too. Millions of views. You can't do that on Instagram. No. You can, if you posted a picture of your feet on Instagram, unless you're Danny DeVito, you cannot get away with that. Oh my gosh, no, man. I don't care. Even our truth can't get away with that. But on TikTok, <laughs> I did, man. And they love, not that they didn't love just my feet, they love both my foots. <laughs> well, I feel like, you know, in hearing this and hearing you talk about TikTok and stuff, uh, you know, I feel like you're very good at, at keeping up to date in entertainment and not someone who dwells on the past. Is that something that's important to you? Oh man, you have to, you have to always be with the current times. If you want to stay in, you got to be in, you have to become what was, what, what's, what's becoming, you know what I'm saying? And it's like today's generation is not skipping a beat. So I have to like stay in step with them. I'm always trying to look for and find ways to reinvent myself to stay ahead of the pile, stay ahead of everything, or stay right in it so I can excel past it. You always got to keep your eyes forward and ahead. Yeah, it, it, it amazes me, you know, I've been, you know, not to try and like make you sound old or anything, but I mean, I've been watching you since I was a little kid. And to see that you look just as like up to date with the times now as you were then, it's, it's, it's fascinating to me because a lot of times people don't do that. And I'm the same way where like, I'd be, I never want to feel like, I'm dwelling in the past. I always want to be up to date. And I think it's important if you want to, like you said, if you want to be up, if you want to be in the current scene, you have to stay up to date. Oh yeah. You can't be a slow leap. You know what I'm saying, man? Like you, you got to stay with it. I, I used to watch John Cena when I was young, dog. And he looked the same as he did back then too. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I think me and him drunk from the same water. I do wonder what your secret to not aging is. Cause you look like, dude, like I was saying, I've watched this little kid and it's crazy. Like even in, in you're not going to let that one go. Are you? Well, I'm just saying, I'm just saying like, I'm like, man, like this guy looks exactly the same. Like I, 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 I say the same thing with Natty too. When she was on here, I'm just like in the time that I've seen her on TV, she looks like she hasn't aged a day. And it's so impressive to me. I want to know so that I can do the same thing. And my girlfriend will not leave me when I look old one day. <laughs> okay, well, I'll tell you this. The best way I can think of it is, I remember, uh, I think Daniel Bryan said, I uh, I don't think about time. I, I, I live, we already know, they say it's 24 hours in a day. It's not 24, it's 12 hours in a day because it gets nighttime. So, but whatever, it's just, you can't live your life worrying. You can't live your life stressing. You can't live your life doing none of the things that make you age. I don't even, you wouldn't even know how old you are if nobody told you. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you adapt, you adjust, you learn. There's no handbook to life, man. And the, the more you accept that and live life and let the universe guide you and control you and mold you, man, and you adapt and change with times, you won't ever lose time. You always keep it. It always be on your side. This definitely explains why That's you... That's what I do. No, and that, that, that explains why you're so carefree when, I, when I've encountered you. Know, the one time I encountered you... Uh, you know, in face-to-face, -face, it was like the most, you were like one of the most carefree people I'd ever been around. It was a, 
for the audition for WWE backstage that I did. And I just remember thinking like, God, how is he so calm right now? <laughs> I was just sitting there like a ball of nerves because I was doing this audition. And uh, I remember it was just me and you in there. And I just told you like, hey, just so you know, you're my girlfriend's favorite wrestler of all time. Like she yeah, loves me so know, much. And you were like, let's take a picture. And I was like, no, 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 I'm not allowed to do that. Like, I don't want to get in trouble and look like I'm in here, like asking all the wrestlers for pictures. And you were like, no, I insist. If anyone says anything, I will say I insisted. Yes. We're taking this picture and you're sending it to your girlfriend. But I just think it's a good example of like how nice of a person you are, uh, how appreciative you are of your fan base. And I think that you going through life, uh, looking at the bright side of things definitely explains, you know, why you're not uh, having, don't have any stress wrinkles. <laughs> uh, man, we're going to always look at, because they're going to always be the dark side of things, the dark side of life. That's a given. If you don't like condition yourself and have discipline, discipline is what what's kept me so much. Um, because sometimes I'm human. Sometimes you lose that motivation. You know what I'm saying? You don't feel like going to work out. You don't feel like doing the things positive that you should be doing to like physically to, to like work out, to do things like that because life hits you with so many things. You know it's going to come, but you have to have that discipline to like challenge it. You have to have that discipline to think positive, to like go in a whole different route, a whole different way. First time I did something in a whole different way, it landed me where I'm at right now. You know what I'm saying? And my faith, man, is like, 10 times of a mustard seed, but my faith is like humongous, man. And I try to live my life like that. I try to have that outlook on life like that. Of course, you know what I'm saying? Stuff happens, it's going to happen. You expect it to happen, but you got to adjust, adapt, and execute your life. I also think that, do you think, would, would it be safe to say that music helps keep you uh, level-headed as well? Oh my goodness. Music helps everything. Music is is what, Music can go through the ears, man, and touch the soul. You know what I'm saying? Music can, can change our emotion. Music can change our mental, the way we feel, the way we see things, the way we perceive it. Music is like, it's taming the beast in us. Um, my love for music is what got me involved with my love for wrestling. Um, put like this, every WWE superstar you see, when that music hit, it sets the pace. It, it sets the tone for what you're about to witness, see, experience, and feel. My music has done that for me throughout my life. That's why this legacy EP is like, it means a lot to me because it speaks from my life from the beginning to, to the end. And, and all the meat in between, you have to get it because all the meat in between is what I've learned along my way of living, of adapting, adjusting, and, and just like living life and not letting life live me. Yep. Yeah, and rolling with the punches and just being able to kind of like take what you got to, man. You got to. Speaking of punches, I'm thinking about getting my 24 7 championship back down. You got to get it. You got, I told you, you got to get an elderly um, person to help you out. Who's, is there any elderly people that, that you know that might be able to help you out? I know a couple. <laughs> okay. Well, I won't ask, I won't ask who, but, but just I'm telling you, that's your my ticket. Uncle? My uncle, he looked like me, but he's old, old. <laughs> like he's old, old. He's so old, he's dreaming reruns. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I feel like uh, I want to talk to you because you mentioned the legacy, the, uh, the legacy EP. Uh, I watched the music video for Legacy. That music video ruled. I thought it was, it looked like so much fun to film. Oh, thank you, man. It was fun to film. It, uh, it took two days to film. I filmed it uh, in Georgia, in Atlanta, and I filmed the other part in uh, Greenville, South Carolina. And both places I filmed at, the castle and the western town, were real places. Yeah, it looked like a it looked like a Universal Studios set type thing when you were doing the cowboy stuff. Yes, man. Actually, I'll give a shout out to my guy, uh, shot by Reginald. He's the guy that found these places, man. And I gave him my idea. Me and Jay Track, my manager, gave him the ideas of what legacy meant to me, what it was about. And how legacy would resonate with fans, with people, with anybody, any walks of life. We all want to leave some type of legacy behind. And I honestly feel like success is to what each individual see it as. You feel me? Absolutely. As long as you're doing something, I look at you as successful because you're not doing nothing. You're doing something. So me, with my legacy, man, I want to be able to not only 
I'm always my own cheerleader. So I am proud of what I've done, what I've accomplished. I want to make my kids proud. I want to make my parents proud. I want to make my peers, my friends. I want to make everybody, the world proud of me and, and see what I've done from where I've been to where I've become now. And, and Legacy Man, just with the video with me changing time, making it fun, making it exciting, making it um, just energetic. That song means leaving, well, coming, experience, and leaving something behind. Well, you know, in what you just talked about right there, about your actual legacy, I feel like, you know, for an entertainer like you, I think that ultimately, if you're so, if you've entertained enough to where people are going to remember you long after you're gone, you've kind of done what you set out to do. And I feel like you have definitely achieved that already. So it's, 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 it's fascinating for me to hear how you still feel like you need to keep pushing for that when, you know, you've done so much to where your name is definitely going to be remembered long after you're gone. And I think it's interesting to hear that you still feel the pressure to keep doing it though. I, I do, man. I feel like, um, I, I, I'm not going to stop, you know what I'm saying, until the wheels fall off. And, and like I said, music is what got me involved with wrestling. And, and now that I'm at a mature state in my life and with myself, and I know myself, I know who I am. I know I can control an audience. I, I, I know I attract people. I have eyes on me. I know I can compel people. So they're getting a, mature, a matured album. They're getting a matured story of who I am and where I come from and what I'm about and the way I look at things, the way I look at life, the things I want, the things I've experienced. I have a song on, on the EP called Dubai. And at first, I didn't want to do it. And I told uh, Jay Travis, I said, man, nobody want to hear a song about Dubai. He said, there are lots of people that only will read about Dubai, hear about it, and will never experience it. They may be fans of yours and know that you went there and they will let, you, you can tell them what happened. It's real. It's real. So. It's just the song, man, just the, the, once you start, it comes alive from the whole, from the beginning of the EP to the end of it comes alive. And it's just a mature R-Truth one. And it's just a mature me giving you my legacy. Well, I feel like to you, I think you underestimate in talking about that Dubai thing. I feel like you underestimate how many fans you probably have in Dubai too. You're right. You're <laughs> right, man. And it ended up, Ryan, it ended up being one of my favorite songs, one of my most favorite songs on the EP. I'll tell you a funny story about it. When we first started the song, he asked me, he said, um, what did you do when you were over there? You know, what, what, what did you like? What did you, I said, ah, he said, did you eat any of uh, the authentic food over there? I said, yeah. I said, like, we ate with the prince and everything. And he's like, what was your favorite dish? And honestly, they had chicken. It was good. You know what I'm saying? It was chicken, but it was marinated and stuff like that. So actually the song started off, uh, I eat chicken when I'm in Dubai. <laughs> and after singing it, man, two or three times, Ryan, I'm like, dog, I can't put a song out talking about I eat chicken when I'm in Dubai. <laughs> I said, it's just not going to. It's Right? Yeah. You feel me, Ryan, yes, right? Yes, yes, It's not coming off right, bro. It was like, you know what I'm saying? Travel the world. They ask what I like. I eat chicken when I'm. I said, nah, dog, I can't. It's, it's not going to settle with people well. Yeah. So we actually changed it, man. And it turned out beautifully, man. It, it, it's a song I know a lot of people going to like that haven't been to Dubai. And people that live in Dubai. It's going to be like their national anthem. What age? I, that wait, first I, I was gonna. I almost breezed past that, but that would be the coolest thing if you had the national anthem in Dubai. If they did that, that's how popular it became over there. Oh, I didn't even think of that. It will. I was just doing this song as of um, one of my legacy, one of my experiences in life, the things that I did over there. Like I, I ate with the prince over there. You know, what I'm saying I, I went to real safaris over there. Uh, real lions and like we I did things that that's memorable that that's legendary so I had to like tell people about it question you talk since you've been talking about like a, the you know you being a more matured version of yourself right now I remember last year you were photographed uh, at a black lives matter rally um do you think that like that that you being a more matured version of yourself is what kind of inspired you to kind of get to the streets and make your voice heard at that time yes Yes. Uh, when you get to a mature stage, when you get to, um, it, it's different than being a young man, than being a grown man, than being a man. You know, um, I, I was a man then. And I feel like um, I got introduced to the business by Jack Crockett. I was one of those guys on the streets that didn't know what I wanted to do in my life. Um, but I wanted to do something. I got tired of hitting those brick walls. And a guy that didn't even know me 
met me in a halfway house, saw something in me. And I remember him saying, you know, I never gave back before. God wanted me to give back. And it won't cost you number of time and dedication. I'm like, man, I mean, how can I repay you? How can I like, you changed my whole life. Each one, teach one. When you're able to, you give back like I gave back to you. And a mature me, understand that. I, I understood that. Um, if anything I can do to help, assist, anything that's going in the right way, I want to be there for that. Yeah, no, I mean that that makes perfect sense, especially everything that was going on at the time. I mean, it was it was it was a time right. that was needed. <clears throat> right. And it's just it's just about supporting the cause. All right. I'm gonna i st- I'm gonna go back to wrestling a little bit. Uh, because like I said, I've been watching you since I was a little kid. Uh, what was it like being in WWE during the Attitude Era? Because you were there like even though it was the tail end of it, it was still like when wrestling was at its peak. Man, it was at its peakest of peaks. Yes. It was in its peakology stage, man. It was like uh, crazy, man. Like, uh, and when I think back to it, I've been in the ring with Eddie Guerrero and and, and uh, these great guys, Rikishi, Umaga, and like the attitude of that one. It was like Bradshaw and Ron was like kicking ass in there. You know what I'm saying? Like, put it down. Like when Rock was that is like you couldn't get no high in the Rock. John Cena was like, you couldn't get no higher than my childhood hero, John Cena. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And I was always known as, that's Road Dogs boy. That's Road Dogs guy. That's Road Dogs dude. I was the first guy to wrestle with me, Billy Gunn, China Bay, like, I was like, I was young, man. It wouldn't have matured me yet. I was young. And I was just absorbing all this success. I was absorbing all of this energy, all this everything in, man. And it was like surreal. I was living my life. A mature me looked back at all those men and like, I cherish those moments. I cherish when Road Dog saw me in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, wrestling Jerry Lawler. And first time he saw me rapping, go to the ring, he's like, was that you rapping and dance? I'm like, yes. At that time, Billy had a shoulder surgeon. Road Dog asked me, he said, would you want to be my tag team partner? I'm like, hell yeah, be your tag team partner, dog. And how about this, Ryan? One of those brick walls, I was in developmental. And I had done got to where wrestling was new to me. And I got discouraged. I got depressed. I didn't have a child at home. So I'm driving 10 hours from Memphis every week to go back home to see my kid. And then coming back and, and, and still doing the performance center, still doing the developmental things I had to do. And I kind of like, I think I gave up. I wanted, I wanted to give up, but I was still had that threat. I was still holding on. and. I like to call things my rams in the bush. Like Jack Crockett was a ram in the bush for me. Road Dog was the ram in the bush for me. Road Dog was on vacation with his wife and they left the casinos, came to one of the TV tapings, saw me rapping, fell in love with me. And I told him, I said, well, man, I don't think I'm cut out for this. He said, man, don't, don't, don't fool yourself. Don't sell yourself short. And he saw something in me right then and there. And he's like, if you don't give up, he said, I'll have you out of here and tagging with me less than in less than a month. Less than a month, I was at WWE New York in the ring. It was like, it was surreal to me. Yeah. Very surreal. But that's part of my legacy. Yep. Yeah, I can imagine. I feel like for anyone who's watching this who maybe wasn't watching during the Attitude Era, I also don't think they realize how big Dog was at that time. Like DX was one of the top groups in the entire company. Yes. And when you, when Rodog came out and did his whole, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages thing, like the place went insane. Like that was like one of the highlights of the show. So to have that guy be like, I want you to do that with me. That's like, I can't even imagine how that must've felt in your young mind of like, wait, this guy wants to go from new age outlaws to me. Like that's got to blow your mind. Ryan, if I had some, if I had some pearls, I actually grabbed my invisible pearls, man. And clutched them to the <laughs> hardest of clutchivity, Ryan. I clutched my pearl. I said, me? And he was like, yeah, man, I want you to be my tag team partner. I didn't even try to play it cool, man, or nothing. I hugged him on the spot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know he probably was like, dude, I don't even know you yet. And you hugged him. I hugged him on the spot. I didn't kiss him on the cheek yet. Yet. After the first time I got to do it, I did. <laughs> and he deserved it. Yes, he deserved it, man. He, he saw something in me, and he's always seen something. 
adds up to right now. Him and his brother. You know what I'm saying? All the, all the Armstrong families always have thoughts of me. I've always been close with all of them. And I've always had a special relationship with all, like, with Rock and his family, with Rikishi, his sons, and Roman and everybody. Like, they're my family. And they're part of my legacy as well. Now, what would you say is the biggest lesson you learned during that first stint with the company? Um, I learned how things things fluctuate. I learned how things worked a little bit. I learned how you um you may not be talked about right now. Sometimes you have to create something for you to be talked about. Sometimes you have to create your own news, your own hype. And if you don't, you have to be ready to execute when you're given the opportunity to. Um, you could be doing this right here uh, Friday and Monday night, you can become a champion overnight. Um, the business has taught me so much, man. From that first day coming there, man, I've learned so much. I've, I, the business groomed me. I, I grew. I used to go to promo class with this. I learned from the best in the business, uh, everything around the business, man. Um, from physical to the business part of the business, to the working part of the business, to ring awareness, to like knowing your role. That's a real, that's a real phrase for real in this business. You know what I'm saying? So it's like those times back then, I think they suited me up for what I'm preparing for right now. Well, with you talked about Vince. What did he, what would you say is the, how helpful was he with you when it came to developing your promo skills? Oh man, um, very, 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 very important to me. Um, he taught us, we would have promo class and every week we would do, we would have to do a promo. And, and it would be like, if you wanted to do something about this, this, this chapstick I got right here, you have to pick anything and you have to cut a promo on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, I don't want my lips ashy. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's cold outside right now. And sometimes my lips have the tendency to get ashy sometimes. So I will keep this chapstick with me. It's the best chapstick you've ever seen. You know what I'm saying? But this chapstick right here, what makes it better than the rest of them, it goes on smooth. It goes, it glides like putting oil on the bottom of a baby's bottom. You know what I'm saying? Like, just being able to, like, make anything a promo. Um, confidence. Um, assurance. Um, I've been on so many handshake trips with Vince uh, overseas, Iraq, Afghanistan, um, wherever the military is. I've been so, and, and just watching him be Vince. I learned the other way. I learned um, just by him telling me, "Hey, Drew, you should be taking notes on this." And, and he loved he to take notes. You know what I'm saying? Like he ain't talking for nothing. You know what I'm saying? It just being around Vince, if you don't learn, shame on you. This explains why it's always talked about that, like, Vince is such a big fan of yours and that this, this explains that to me because, I mean, you should have that mentality around someone who is constantly trying to teach and tossing out nuggets and stuff. And to hear you say, like, I, that you are actually absorbing it all explains why he's such a fan of yours. Yes, man. And, and he's... Uh, uh, among liking to laugh, we, we've had so many times where we, we've laughed to where we almost cry, like laughing at things that we find. But Vince is like one of the most down to earth people. And, and being on those uh, tours with him, going to shake the military, it's going to be all the military, whether it's the Air Force, Marines, the Army, we, we met them all, shake hands. Um, we will find that we will bond in those times. Uh, there's times we were overseas and uh, in the military and had mortars shot at us. We had to bunker down. Um, I've been on submarines with Vince. I've been on um, warships with Vince. And, and we've we've had so many, like, I've seen him sleep. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it's weird. It's like, it's just... <laughs> no, I'm so glad that you said that. No, I'm so glad that hey, you said that because... Brian, <laughs> no, I'm making it like, I, I'm not like watching him sleep like this right No, here. no, no. But I think that explains how close you guys are because I was genuinely, I have written down here like, how close are you and Vince? Like, do you text him happy birthday? Like something that simple. So like to hear that you've seen him sleep does answer that question for me that I was kind of wondering. Like I've seen you sleep, Vince. Yeah, that's all like uh, I'm sleeping. <laughs> on the flights, man. Yeah, on, on long flights. Like we've I've flown with Vince for like 20 some hours in the air. So it's like, you gotta go sleep sooner, lady. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, man, it's, I've, I've seen him in sweatpants. 
like when we have to like it's hot in the desert you know what i'm saying you got some sweats on balls so it's like and one thing business told me he uh he loves me because he, he likes the fact that uh i'm just me i come straight forward i don't um Yes, Vince is due and given, and I, I have the most highest amount of respect for Vince. Vince is also like a friend. He's he's um he wants to be there for you. He wants you to come and ask some things. You got an idea, come to him. He makes himself very accessible to you. And some people's uh he intimidates a lot of people. He attracts me. You feel me? Yep. Just like my aura. I may intimidate a lot of people. If you see me. You know what I'm saying? Coming down a dark alley at night, you know what I'm saying? Your eyes squint sideways and I'm walking a certain way. I may intimidate you. But when you get to know me, you'll be like, oh my gosh, this guy gave me the shirt off his back. That's Vince McMahon. Yeah, I, I man, it's so cool to hear someone who's close with him talk about this because, he, you know, he, his circle isn't always the biggest, but you, you know, it's, it's, it seems to be a well-known thing that you two are close with each other. So it is cool to hear about that side of Vince McMahon that you don't normally get to hear about. Oh man, Vince likes to laugh and have fun and he take care of business at the same time, but he's Vince McMahon. And like I said, man, I, I've sat up under that learning tree for a long time, man. And I was, I just soaked it all in. I didn't let none of it go to waste, man. Um, whether it was here or whether we was thousands of miles abroad, I, I've always watched, learned and taken in. Well, because of that, because you have a loyalty to Vince to some degree, do you think that in the future, one day, well, in, in years from now, when you want to hang it up, do you think that you'll want to work behind the scenes in WWE? Um, oh, definitely. I definitely want to want to stick around and help uh, with creative, with anything Vince give me to do. He know me, man. I'm easy going, you know? I, I, I make it happen. You, you make it happen. That's how this business is. That's how life is. You give it to me and I'll build it. I'll make it. So when you came back, Years after you know you you gotten released, you come back years later, and now you're our truth. Um, do you know what the reason they didn't you know reference your past as K Quick was at all? Um, no, I don't. No, um, I, I didn't even question that. I always I don't know. I always wondered that because it was always like, well, like we know he was here, so I I had always wondered that because now I look at it and I go, if they had it could be talked about more that you're the one true connection between the old hardcore title and the 24 seven championship. That's why well, I didn't think about that. You're right. That's true. I don't even, I mean, I remember winning that belt that that championship, man, but I'm, I remember it, but I kind of don't remember, it. you know, this, this 24 seven thing to me is like, uh, and, and don't get me wrong. The hardcore championship was great. But this 24-7 championship set records. It set numbers. It, it, it made, how about I got written up in Forbes magazine because of the 24-7 championship? That's never happened to me before. I don't think that has happened to the too many wrestlers because Forbes magazine is not a, a sports magazine, you know? Yep. Um, the numbers that the 24-7 championship were doing, I'm talking 6 to 20 million views a week on social media. So that was like, I think that pretty much gave the 24-7 championship its own, I would say its own throne, its own wheel, its own buggy. Has it been fun for you, you know, because you've been talking about, you know, creating your own legacy. Has it been fun for you to create a legacy around the 24-7 title? Because you're really the, like, guy who's yes. been through line through it all. Yes. Hell yeah. Ryan, you got Raw, SmackDown, and 24-7 say. What more can you ask for? And it gets as many views as it do on television. It's, um, I love being a part of it. And, and how many people have jobs you don't like? Not me. I love mine. Anytime I get a chance to be, to be me, be entertaining, make you laugh, make the people laugh, make the universe laugh, man, I'm with it. I was laughing on Raw recently when you were talking to Dana Brooke. <laughs> when you're in the the whole Bush thing, and you had the whole Bush costume on or whatever it is. Hey, but I scared that she didn't know I was, it was me. You see that? <laughs> but my favorite part about it was after you guys were done talking, then you went back to the position and you stayed as if you were, like you had already talked to her and shown her you were there, but then you still went back into it. And I, I was like in tears laughing at that. 
I was thinking, Ryan. I was thinking. You never know who's going to walk through there again. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. Well, which of those segments has been the most fun for you to film? All of them. All of them, man. It's almost like I was like, like ladies, potato chips. So you can't just have one. It's, it's like I can't just pick one because um, all of them, we put 110% of, of us into it. Uh, creatively, man, entertaining-wise. And we try to make it as special as, as it can. All the way down from being on the tarmac, Saudi Arabia, man. Um, the golf course. Uh, Drake Maverick's wedding. That was, I mean, like, just so many we can go back to. That's my, I was like, oh, that's my favorite. No, that's my favorite. They all are my favorite. I felt like the stuff that you and Carmelo were doing at the start of the 24-7 title was, was hilarious. When you guys were doing, like, costumes and you hiding in boxes. Uh, I, I felt like you guys were just killing it together. Yes, man. I, I miss Carmella, man. Um, she she don't get a lot of credit, man, but she's very smart. She was, she was helping us come up with a lot of stuff, man, a lot of creativity with it as well. And, uh, yeah, we, we struck it, man, and started having some fun all the way back when they was doing the Mix Match Challenge, man, and, and combined the 24-7 championship with it. And we were just coming up with ideas, man. It was funny. They were entertaining. They were just... Good ideas, man, and I love being. Yeah, the same. The same for when you uh, when you made Brock Lesnar laugh. Like we don't often see Brock Lesnar laughing in the ring at something, but when you came out and did the whole Royal Rumble thing with him, that was another one where I was just like, man, this is this is too funny. I love all this, even though he didn't get the twenty four seven title. Yeah, man, we didn't. Um, the thing about that was they didn't want Brock to know what I was going to say, and I'm like. <laughs> I was like, man, I said, I don't know. I, I feel like personally Brock should know what I'm going to say. And Paul's like, no, 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 true. We got a, a bet going. We're going to see if you can make him laugh. Can you pop Brock? I said, I can make him laugh, but I don't want to like, you know what I'm saying? I want him to laugh in a happy way. You know what I'm saying? I don't want him to, to turn into Brock Brock out there. But um, man, we, I, I agreed to it, man. We were out there. And when I saw Brock starting to hold his laugh then, I knew he was going to laugh when I hit the Paul Heyman line. Because he thought that I was talking about him. Yes. And when I hit it, man, and he laughed, oh, my God. It, I did all I could, Ryan, not to laugh. Because laughing is affectionate. Man. Like, like you'll start somebody else to laughing. When Brock laughed, I tried my best to hold it in. I was holding <laughs> it as much as I could, man. But I, that was, like, one of my best moments right there. And when we got to the back, man, me and Brock hugged, man. And uh, he's like, oh, man, oh, my God, that's funny. You're funny. You're funny. And it was just a good moment, man. It was, it was a good TV set. Uh, what do you enjoy most about working with Tozawa and Reggie? They're easy. They're uh, young, talented, easy, humble guys, man. You don't have to, um, you don't have to twist their arm to do anything or, or convince them that they're, they're, they're team players. Yeah, I feel like Reggie... Um, it must be fun to hear him come up with stuff because he's thinking so outside of the box with all of his little flips and twists and dives and all that kind of stuff that you wouldn't, when he says something, you're like, oh, I wouldn't have expected that to be the next, the thing that we're going to do, but he makes it work, I feel like. Yeah, man, and, and Reggie, I have to give him credit, man. He's always he's always pitching. He's always trying to idea. Hey, True, I got an idea. Gonna run about one. That, that's hunger. He's, he's very hungry, man, and he's talented as well. So here's a question for you. Who are your three all-time favorite opponents that you've faced off against in WWE? Ooh. My three all-time? <laughs> this is going to sound weird. This is going to sound crazy, but it is a good, I have good matches with these people. Dolph Ziggler, The Miz, and Shelton Benjamin. I mean, those are three very sound wrestlers who are definitely going to give you a good match a hundred percent of the time. hundred percent. And they, they, all three of them made me work. You know, it's like, Oh, I don't want to relax, lay back. Like, no, you got to hit the split. You got to hit the back flip. You got to hit the signature. Like, and all three, I think are underrated and don't get enough. Um, Miz, one of the best to work with. Miz, Miz has it right here, man. Big for real. Dolph, undeniably talented. Shelton, undeniably talented. 
Yeah, I wish I would like to see Shelton get a few more opportunities than than he's been getting as of late. I would love to see him yes. in like a singles feud or something because I I agree that he's just so entertaining to watch in the ring that that there's got to be more that we could see from him on TV on a weekly basis. Yeah, he still can go. Yeah, like like just like just as good if not better than when he was you know twenty years ago. Man, he's still taking. He's still delivering good matches. He's still out there entertaining. And I think he's, um, I think they give him just a, a little bit of a nudge to, to like show him a piece of the pie or something. I mean, he still haven't reached his peak to me. I mean, like, and he's that good already. Yep. Yep. And I feel like, I, I, I feel like Awesome Truth doesn't get enough love either. I feel like you guys were great together, you and Miz. So yeah. it doesn't surprise me to hear you say that, you know, you like working with Miz that much. Oh, man. I love Awesome Truth. I love working with Miz, man. He's a uh, Miz that 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 tag partner you can work with, man. That um, you guys you work off each other. We we were, we complemented each other um, with ideas, with with creativity, with everything. We always complemented each other and had we, it, it was just stacking and stacking. I, I really really loved Awesome Truth. Yeah, I I I feel like that match that you guys had against Rock and Cena is something that just doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't. I shouldn't say it doesn't get talked about enough, but I feel like it was so important in in that whole thing of the the, the Rock and Cena feud that it was pivotal to all of that. Yes, I wish I wish we could have came back and did a Monday Night Raw with it. You know what I'm saying? Or, or did more with it, more runs with them, man. Because it was. I remember me and Miz walking to the ring, man. Like in MSG, man, we we're walking behind stage and. The energy, man, was just there. And we were just going up to get in Gorilla to get ready to go out. And the energy, man, the the the, the whole facade of just the, like, damn, man, we are here. Madison Square Garden, man, like with The Rock and John Cena, man, we couldn't be more proud of each other, man. And it was in our eyes. It, it was, you can see the goosebumps on our, on our arms, man. It was just there. The moment was electrifying. Is it as electric as it seems from, you know, the crowd to wrestle inside of Madison Square Garden? Oh, my gosh, man. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Madison Square Garden is one of those places. I don't know if you, you're familiar with the, um, with the, the, the Sandman coming out. And uh, if, he was, if he wasn't good, you know what I'm saying, nighttime at the Apollo, uh, Madison Square Garden is about the same way. Uh, when you perform in Madison Square Garden, to a sold out house, I feel like you can say, damn, I done did it. I, I that's the Mecca. That's our that's our kingdom. That's our, you know what I'm saying? That that's Madison Square Garden will always be Madison Square Garden, but when you perform there, mm, you will feel it. Would you say that challenging Cena for the title is another one of those highlights of your career to, to you? Oh yes, definitely. And I, like, I, like I said, I wish we could have got more uh, more out of that. Uh, working with Cena, man, again, smart guy. Learned, he learned him way back then. So um, it would just been, it would have been entertaining. It would have been good. But also would have been me learning and soaking in a lot of stuff from him as well. Um, well, okay. So you've wrestled, you know, you've been wrestling for a long time now. What motivates you to continue wrestling? Like, is there, like, what's the the main motivating factor behind you know you continuing to put your body on the line every week um the love for what i do um discipline um i'm a creature of old habits man i just uh this is this is what i know this is what i'm good at this is what i enjoy um there's nothing else i would want to do um it just it keeps me in the boat and i'm I'm going to stay in the boat till I have no, no more water left to go nowhere. Well, uh, in talking about rapping, what, how old were you when you started rapping? Oh, man. Like real rapping or corny rapping? Let's Did say, that count too? Yeah, corny rapping. Yeah, what's, what, when did you pick up a mic and start rapping? Oh, man. When Will Smith made Girls Ain't Nothing But Trouble. That's a classic. You don't even remember that. No, of course Please. I do. Do you do? Okay, I mean, okay. I wasn't. I mean, I wasn't like a teenager when it came out or anything. But I'm aware of the song. 
Touche. Touche. Yeah, man, that was back then uh, when Will Smith first got Will Smith, um, when I first heard um, Grandmaster Flash, man, and um, oh my gosh, man, uh, Sugar Hill Gang, um, Big Daddy Kane, uh, Eric B and Rakim, Rakim one of the dopest, uh, KRS One. Um, I was I was wanting to rap then, then rap, and when MC Hammer came out, I just knew that's like that's me, that's my style. I want to dance and because I can dance and. and it was just, I wanted to have that rap that was just not like everybody else's rap. I didn't want to talk about what everybody else was talking about because I'm my own individual and I always go my route, my way. I want to talk about encouraging people, inspiration. Um, like my music now, it speaks about, it makes you happy. It makes you want to have discipline. It makes you want to have that oomph to make you want to go get something for yourself, not just for you, but for your family, not just for your family, but for your team. You know what I'm saying? Yep. That, that's the kind of music that I want to put out with that energy and with that bump, you know? Yep. Yeah. I, the MC Hammer thing makes a lot of sense. I, I feel like MC Hammer doesn't, he's kind of looked at when people look back at him and they go, they, they think of him as like a joke, like, Oh, MC Hammer. But MC Hammer went hard when he came out. Like MC Hammer was tight when he, when he came, when he, when it first dropped. He was killing everybody, Ryan. Hammer made, I think, over $20 million in a year's time. Like, Hammer was killing. He was, he was the only rapper that was doing a show, not just walking on stage rapping. He was doing a show. I'm talking about a Janet Jackson, Michael Jackson type show. That's what he was doing. And that's how I always, I always saw myself doing a show, whether it's um, performing at, and having skits throughout the show to where you, you're watching a rap concert, then it goes into a little skit. Almost you think you're watching a, a real play, uh, theater play, then it goes right back into the concert. I want to do stuff like that with the music. Yeah, And I that's what Hammer did. Yeah, he did. And I and he made so much money doing it. And I feel like people, under, people forget how much money Hammer made at that time. Like he was just killing it. I remember... I recently, because it was like, I think it was like the 20th anniversary of the Adams family coming out. And they talked about the song mm -hmm. that he did for that movie, which is it, it aged well. That song still bangs pretty hard if you go listen to it. But I went, yes. I went and I was reading the article about it and it was saying that like the producers of the movie paid him. They paid him like millions of dollars to do the song because they knew that if Hammer was talking about the movie, then it would probably do well. And I was like, man, that was the influence Hammer had back then with his music. Yes, big time influence, man. And he was getting a lot of eyes on him. He was he was doing interviews and talk shows and, and, and doing things that the typical rapper wasn't doing because he was bringing a whole different demographic to, to, to his, his brand. He was bringing a, a bunch of different eyes. People that did this and did that were watching him not just the rap fans. Yes, the rap fans are going to watch me because I'm a rapper by nature. That's what I do. But my music is like universal. Yeah, I, I love hearing you give it flowers to MC Hammer because it's not the one you normally hear people talking about as like the guy who influenced them to, to get into rap, but um, he deserves it. Right, right, right. Definitely deserves right, it. Right, right, man. If people see my pictures with Tupac and Easy and all of them, big respect for all of them. You know what I'm saying? Um, all down to the rappers that I listen to now. But I would say MC Hammer was the rapper that made me say, okay, that's the rapper I want to be like. I love hearing that because I, I was, I wanted to know that. I wanted to know. And I, and I had a feeling it wasn't because everybody always talks to you about the picture of you and Tupac and the picture of you and Eazy -E, And I was looking, I was doing research yes. for this and it's like, you've talked about it so many times. So it's, it's cool to hear you give props to another person who was, who was, uh, who influenced you early on. Very influential at the time. Very. All right, I've reached the end here, but I've got my final segment that I call the finishing move for you. Obviously, you've got you've got the well, it's got different names. It's changed the name over time. What what's what's the name right now of your finishing move? Man, they've been tripping on my name, man. They've been changing it. I know. They're not even telling me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Do you know like we got into an argument? Um, myself, Dolph Ziggler, I think Tyson Kidd, 
like all the guys was talking to me about, like, well, what's the name of this finisher? Is it the What's Up or is it Little Jimmy? Which one? Like, and they, yeah, bro. And they're like, it turned into a whole hour conversation. And they was calling my moves all kind of names then. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> That's like when I had Dolph Ziggler on here and I said that his finishing move was the zigzag because I thought that was his finishing move. And he's like, no, no, it hasn't been my it finishing is. move. And thank you. He was like, no, that hasn't been my finishing move in years. My finishing move is the super kick now. That was my reaction. I was like, wait, no, 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 no. Your finishing move is the zigzag. No, no, no. Go back and look. I haven't won with the zigzag in a very long time. I've only won with the super kick. Super kick's my finishing move. So I, yeah. So he's, he's, he's guilty of it too. Cause he switches it up. Yeah. Exactly. Exact same look I had when I he said that. I think he just okey-doked you on that one. <laughs> when we ended, I said to my producer, I was like, isn't his finishing move the zigzag? They're like, I thought his finishing move was the zigzag. So, yeah. It was, man. Dolph Ziggler had an R-Truth moment that night. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, well, who's your favorite? He forgot his own finishing move, man. It happens. It does. It does. And he might be the answer to this question, but who's your favorite superstar to hit your finishing move on? Hmm. My favorite to hit it on? <laughs> Miss. <laughs> I don't even have to ask the why there because him, it's, I, if it's him, it's usually him and Dolph who get the most, uh, who get picked the most for that question. And I already know the why each time they pick one of them. <laughs> Just because he's Miz, man. Yes. And like I told you, I love Miz. Miz is one of the smartest guys in this business that don't get the credit that he should get. But if I had my chance to hit my move with anybody, it'd be his ass. <laughs> if you could steal another superstar's finishing move on the current roster and make it your own, which would you choose? Ooh. Mm. Probably RKO. Ooh, that's a good one. That, that's it's, a good yeah, one. I'm definitely steal the RKO from Randy. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and lastly, what's the most memorable time you hit your finishing move and why? Mm. Huh. <laughs> when I hit it on Miz and won the uh, U.S. title. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Uh, love it. Love that Miz got both of those there. All right. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. It was cool picking your brain for these 45 minutes. Uh, thanks for having me on here, Ron. All right. Well, you have a good one. I appreciate it. All right. You too, dog. Later. All right. Bye. Great guy. R-Truth. Make sure you guys watch him every week. All right. Let's get these uh, technicalities out of the way. Make sure that you subscribe to Out of Character on whatever podcast platform you listen on, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, whatever. You better be subscribed to this show on there. And if you can, leave a review or rating. I appreciate it very much. Also, make sure you subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. That's where you can find clips from Raw, SmackDown, and where you can find this show premiering every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific time. You can find it on the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. So make sure you subscribe there as well. And also follow WWE on Fox on all the social media platforms. Okay, that's it. I'm done. Officially tapping out for now. Until next time, I'm Ryan Satin, and this is Out of Character. Download the all-new Fox Sports app now. 